from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Great. That was, that was actually a lot more enthusiasm than so, I thought was going to come out. Yeah. I can't believe you said hi first. Usually I say hi first, and this is a very exciting moment. Yeah, I just wanted to get it out, you know. <laughs> you wanted to beat me to the punch. I have been looking for white cheddar Cheetos for so long, and I can't find them anywhere. You did not just say that. because So these are chances, and I opened the cabinet yesterday, and I saw white cheddar Cheeto puffs in the cabinet, and I texted Chance, and I go, because that girl snacks like there's no No, tomorrow, I've so. never <laughs> seen a human being eat more snacks in my life. Like, our pantry right now is actually kind of frightening. <laughs> there are snacks in there I've never heard of. Yeah, and I respect her for it. There's, like, goldfish, Cheez-Its, Cheetos, any, any Doritos, any types of snack you can possibly imagine. It's in our pantry, and Chance is just a huge snack connoisseur. So we have, she had two bags, like, not little bags, big bags of white cheddar Cheetos in the pantry. The thing about white cheddar Cheetos is that they're my kryptonite. Like, I'm not a big chip person, but when it comes to these Cheetos, I will have an entire bag in a sitting if I don't have any kind of self-restraint. So I text a chance, and I go, is this your shit in the pantry? She said, yes. I said, I will pay you $50 if I can have half of the bag. <laughs> and I told her, and I went into this whole thing where I was like, I've been looking for white cheddar Cheetos in New York City for so long, and I haven't been able to find them, and yet here they are. It was like a hallelujah moment when I opened the pantry. So it's so funny that you said that. I like do think that most of the problems in my life would be solved if there was a Publix in New York. Are they at Publix? I had a dream once there was a Publix in New York. And I actually, like, I remember waking up and yeah. being like, wow, I'm, I'm, I feel joy. <laughs> and then that joy was taken from me when I realized there is not. Well, because uh, Chan said she got these from Target. So hopefully Target can fill that void until somebody gets in their mind to put a Publix um, in New York. When Target gets pub subs and boxes of buttercream and slices of cake, then maybe they will. But until then, they have not. Until then, we are waiting. Like, the only desire I have to go back to Florida is to go to Publix. Like, well, I guess my family, but, like, mostly just Publix. I went to the Outer Banks on vacation this summer, and I stopped by a Publix, and it was my first time. I've been in a Publix before, but it was my first time really experimenting, and I went to the food counter or whatever. Sydney laid it out for me very cleanly. She said, go to the sandwich counter, get a chicken sandwich, right? One of those chicken tender sandwiches. Isn't that what pub you said? Sub. Yeah, pub sub. And then go to the dessert counter and get butter cake. And I did those things in order, and it was so good. It was, I think, an enlightening experience for me. No, like Chance and I would just go and buy cakes from Publix for lunch and for- sit in my car and eat the entire cake. Oh. <laughs> Were we okay? No. <laughs> um, I just looked it up, and the closest Publix was in Secaucus, Sakak- New Jersey, and it closed. And that's because... 
jurors didn't deserve a Publix, number one. And number two, they didn't appreciate it the way that it needed to be appreciated. And I relate to her for that. <laughs> Me and Publix are one. We are one in the same. We are, oh, remember that Disney song? I feel bad because like a lot of the Hannah Montana songs did hit, mm-hmm. but then a lot of them didn't. Yeah. And that was one of them. Well, that song was, who was it? It was Hannah Montana, Selena Gomez, and Demi Lovato. Ooh, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't Hannah Montana. I didn't like Demi Lovato. No? Like, her shows would actually bring me anger. Like, Sunny, Sunny, <laughs> I loved Sunny, Sunny with, with the, the Chance. Chance. That makes too much sense. I hated that show so much. Like, when it comes on, I would, like, throw my TV. I hate that show so much. Also, the spinoff of that, that's so random, because the whole show is based on that TV show. I loved it. It was so good, and everybody else hated it, and I just have, You're like, the only person I've ever meant to like that show. I followed that trend now, because I'm the only one out of my entire friend group who actually enjoys the song Unholy, non-ironically. No, I, when that song comes on, throw my radio. Throw my phone. <laughs> Throw the car. Sydney hates that song. I can't stand that song. No, it's actually so bad. I remember there was one time you played it repeatedly for like a week. And I was like, let's say we got to have a talk. There's no way you like that song that much. You're the only person in this world that I know that enjoys that song. I told you guys, I think I mentioned this in one of the past episodes, but when I got my Spotify wrapped. So this song came out, when did it come out? In like late September. And I was in, in... In my wrapped, not even December didn't even end yet, and I got my wrapped, and I was in the 0.01% of top listeners of that song. And it just came out like three months ago, and I just think that maybe that's I have an the issue. Only person streaming it. You could not pay me any amount <laughs> of money to tell you what that song is about. Like, couldn't, actually, couldn't tell you. I think it's just, um, I think it's just about like a husband and wife, and then the husband cheating on his wife with another person. I think that's what it's. I don't know. Like, what possessed you to write that? <laughs> I don't really know. know. Like, I'm sorry to pass this to whatever that show was called. Like, Which there show? was not one good thing about that show. Was Sunny with a Chance? Yes. I, what What do you mean? Her bangs. It made me so mad. Wait, Christopher Wilde? You can't tell me Christopher Wilde was not... That little surf of wishy-washy boy. Mm. No. <laughs> no. He was in Starstruck. I need, I need to stop pretending like he was a baddie. <laughs> he um, I did actually. like Starstruck because I related to the main girl because she had such a bad attitude. <laughs> like, she wasn't acting. She did not want to be there. <laughs> and I respect that. I respect her for that. That's how I feel about Serena Vanderwoodson. Serena. Serena Vanderwoodson. That's how I feel about Serena Vanderwoodson in the last couple seasons of Gossip Girl. She did not she want to be there. there. What's well, that tea? I think she I just mean, got mad at the writers. Because the show was 800 years long. We get it. Rich, 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 rich. Mary rich. They were each other rich. <laughs> rich. Like, okay, I'm kind of sad This the Gossip Girl. It was like really bad, but it was like comfort bad. It was like tell me lies. Yeah. Tell me lies. I do have to give them credit because I think it may be the only show I've seen where I've actually strongly disliked every character. There is not one redeemable character. There's not one likable character. They actually all suck. And that's what makes it so enjoyable to watch. It's like, wow, you guys are all bad people. That's how I feel about Sex Lives of College Girls. Not one of those characters are, like, good people. Actually, I really like that show. I like Like, the show, but all the characters are, like, me. Especially that one girl, the comedy writer. She sucks. Oh, yeah, she's actually the worst. (laughs) No, she's actually the worst character on that show. But I really like Renee. I really like um, Whitney. Renee's the only good one, that's why. I like their friends. Yeah. The uh, woman who is the manager of the coffee shop. Oh, she's so funny. She's my favorite character. She's so funny. I love that, like, Kimmy, like, we're gonna, she's, like, Timothy Chalamet's sister? Yeah, she's a baddie on campus, because she be getting everybody, and I'm like, I kind of, I kind of like that for her. She got that that guy that looked like Channing Tatum, or was that Channing Tatum? Um, Big ball, tornado neighbor? Yeah. (laughs) He, like, survived a tornado or something. Oh, That was, like, his whole character line. Oh, great. (laughs) They talked about it. No, clearly. Um, I feel like that TikTok trend where... You like show a video of Alex Earl. It's like what color are her sweatpants? And the boyfriend's like, I don't know. You know, I don't trust blonde men. Blonde men confuse me. Why are you as a man blonde? That's a bit weird. (laughs) I do think that's a bit weird. We say that a lot of the episode too. I love that. Like, I really got a question. Except for there was this ginormous centaur man at the State of the Union yesterday, and he was sitting in front of um, the first and seconds. The partners yes, of them. the people. Oh, God. And I don't know what to call them collectively. Teacher lawyer, everybody. The first and the second. The first lady and the second man. Okay. Second husband, whatever. <laughs> um, there's a big old Viking Valhalla man sitting in front of them. And I literally sent the screenshot of the C-SPAN to my group chat. And I was like, who, who is this Viking? And I found his Twitter. <laughs> He's like an ex-football player, college football player, who's now a mental health advocate. And like... 
I do give him credit because he is trying to bring like awareness to mental health and mm-hmm. um, in athletics. But <laughs> I'm gonna start crying. The the quote. Sorry, sorry she's literally sobbing. <laughs> the the sorry, I actually can't read. <laughs> the quote grabs. <laughs> I don't know what I don't I honestly don't know what he's talking about but he like he, he posts the quotes like he did something and I don't know like hold on let me do his his pinned tweets and he has tears streaming down his face I know he thought he ate with this <laughs> this little this is his, his pinned tweet the dilemma is that nobody has to say something but that's precisely why somebody had to say something <laughs> I couldn't tell you what he's talking about or what that meant because it doesn't make any sense. And then he quote tweeted it and said, dumb Spiro Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I do think that he's that doing funny. great things. I just have no idea what he's talking about at any given point. <laughs> his name is his, Harry Miller and I love that for you, Harry Miller. His Twitter kind of reminds me of uh, that one guy in Euphoria's Twitter, Angus Cloud. Oh, I love, I love Angus Cloud. Angus Cloud will tweet, like, I smoked. <laughs> He'll be like, okay. I love how they just found him on the street. Like, that's how he got spotted. He was yeah. like, hey. I mean, now I feel kind of bad. Because Dumb Spiro Sparrow sounds super stupid, but it means while I breathe, I hope. Oh, oh. oh. oh never mind. I'm sorry I made fun of you. That was actually kind of deep. <laughs> we No, we are really, we're huge fans. I don't know who this person yeah. is. Yeah, I, I love that you're doing that for you. <laughs> Can I keep all that in? Yeah. That was really funny. We love you. Henry, Harry, whatever. (laughs) Okay. Valhalla. No, I want to talk about the Grammys because I think it's so funny how just everything. First of all, Lizzo's speech was so good. Oh, it was so long. It was so long for what? Mm -hmm. Because it made everyone wait for album of the year to not give it to Beyonce. And I would like to, I would like to bring a big old question mark to Harry Styles' (laughs) speech. You all know I was One Direction stan, unhealthily. I had an obsession, unhealthily. At a shrine, unhealthily. <laughs> and, but I will say, huh? Number one, that was not the album of the year. It wasn't the album of the month or the week. Like, <laughs> I think that Fine Line, whatever the album was called, was so much better than this Harry's House. I didn't like, I liked one song on this album. And he said, this, stuff like this doesn't happen to people like me. And, like, I'm not even trying to be funny or, like, rude. Wh- what does that mean? Because <laughs> you're, you're a white, you're a straight white man from britain everything in the history of the world has actually happened for you so i don't quite know like did he mean uh, like a small town boy? that's what i was thinking originally i know his pr team's freaking out right now because whether he meant he kind of it's kind of seemed a little calculated knew that he was there you know oh his speeches <laughs> like i don't know what he's talking really? about <laughs> but i think also um i have two points to that um bffr B, let's be for real um and I know there's already, like, the debate about him queer baiting. Mm. That's a whole other topic. Because obviously we don't know sexuality. Mm. And I'm not going to talk on that. Um, but I think, um, one, be, be for real. And I think, two, read the room. Your um, other people that were nominated for that were, it's like, a woman going through a divorce. Was literally Beyonce. A black woman has not won that award since the 1990s. Like, literally 30 years. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, to those people... To the people who actually don't ever get things like this. We're sitting right there in front of you, too. Like, ooh. when No, Adele just left. I was like, girl, I feel you. She said, I did not put my divorce to the public for y'all to not give this award. (laughs) That's us at graduation. We left halfway through because we were sick of it. (laughs) Yes, because we get it. Graduate, graduate, Taylor Swift, graduate. We went to NYU for first-time listeners. That's why we said Taylor. No, but I was just so confused because I heard him say that. I was watching it live. And I was thinking, your PR team is having... A meltdown. They're freaking out right now. I kind of think it's a good thing. What the, not, that his PR team is melting down. Know that he, like that all, all press is all press is good press. Like people are gonna go listen to his album now. People are talking about him. He's trending on everything. Like if anything, it's only helping him. Um, ooh, baby was he did fumble a little bit because during his performance, I do understand that he was looking for the key of the song, but I don't know if the key was found. I, it was kind of painful to listen to. I was like, oh, 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 oh. Mind you, I can't sing. I don't even know what a key is, but it wasn't there. And I think um, let's not do that anymore. He actually has performed a million times in a row. So, like, I get it. But also, like. First of all, I'm so excited that, obviously, Beyonce has won the most Grammys out of anyone ever. But second of all, 
I was so upset about her speech. I wanted her to talk more. I wanted her to give me more. But Lizzo did it for us. So it was fine. Now, the tweets I saw the next day, people that I, like, actually know mm-hmm. about the Beyonce. Like, I have never seen these people, like, publicly speak about anything. Like, any world tragedy that's happening. Like, nothing. Beyonce lost the album of the year. It was soliloquies. It was, I can't take this anymore. Like, y'all need to do better. Like, this is, a, I was like, oh, okay, well, activist, but only about Beyonce's album of the year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Little activists. All right. So, I want to take this time to say if you want to hear more crazy rambles on other social platforms of ours, you can go follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Crying in Public Podcast. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart or wherever you get your podcasts. And I do that at the beginning of the episode now instead of the end so people actually listen. (laughs) Thank you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. No, I'm so, actually so dead. I was walking down the street last night, and I passed this girl. I was like, dang, she got a bad RBF. It was Chance. Are you serious? She turned around. I have to mind you, the look. Me and Chance actually send me. We had the worst RBFs I've ever seen. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. like, I was wearing my big black puffer and black sweatpants, and she was wearing her big black puffer and black sweatpants. And we're walking, and the RBFs are RBFing. And we glance at each other, and we're like, ugh. Ew. And then we like pause and we're like, wait. It's <laughs> literally my best friend. Ever. And I was like, hey. <laughs> when yeah. I first became friends with you, I was really confused at all times because you would seem, <clears throat> pardon, you would seem like you enjoy me when we talked, but then when we wouldn't, you'd have the like meanest look on your face. And I think she hates me, but then I just realized that's just that's your face. That's just my face. <laughs> no, I, it was actually kind of sad. I was in the line to go to this club in Brooklyn. And this one girl was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, what? Like, she was just, like, just looking at me. I was like, huh? And she was like, did I do something? Your, your face looks really upset. And I was like, I'm actually, like, very sorry. That's literally just my face. I don't mean for – I don't know what it is. Like, I'm, I feel like, nah, not really. I was like, I'm a very happy person. Not really. Um, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I talk, I feel like I come off, like, social and friendly. But I think it's literally just the composition of my face makes me look like I'm extremely angry at all given times. <laughs> I, I feel kind of bad. I feel like I'm very unapproachable in that way. So when people do approach me, I'm like, either you're brave or my face has gotten better. I think sometimes you make an effort, like when we're in extremely sociable situations, so not networking events or influencer events, but like parties or like places where you feel comfortable, your face does change. I feel like I'm a social being. You're very social. But you're good at it, too. My, you're very charming. My face is like, don't talk to me. <laughs> I don't intend for it to be. Shall we launch into crime, I mean, advice in public? Yeah. Part two. First question. Where to buy clothes that are not Zara or H&M? Maybe you went to the wrong people. Well, all we shop <laughs> at is Zara. Aritzia? <laughs> I don't like Aritzia. Yeah. You know what? You know what? This is my problem with Aritzia. Okay, well. 
Aritzia is mediocrity replicated. They just like find like one tank top that does well and they make it in actually 500 colors and 800 <laughs> fabrics. That's the entire store. And they make it $75. <laughs> so I'm meeting a judo. <laughs> it's true. It depends on like what kind of clothes. Cause, it like, really does. If it's dresses, it's house to CB for me. It's because I'm a very curvy body and it's hard to find dresses that don't like a mop on me or like actually squeezing my guts out. <laughs> so house to CB. It just like fits perfectly. And they are in Nordstrom now. So like Nordstrom on 57, if you live in New York, um, has House CB like on the third floor now. But um, online, I really like ASOS because it's a marketplace, meaning that it doesn't only carry one brand, it carries like 70 brands, actually more like 700 brands. <laughs> so like no matter what you need, ASOS will have a version of it that's affordable, one. I love ASOS. Two, they always have sales. And three, if you're like me and you have very, this is very random, if you have very flat feet, it's, like, hard to find shoes that are comfortable because, like, you have no arch and shoes come with an arch. But ASOS has, like, a flat foot, wide foot option when you buy their shoes. And they're, like, good quality shoes. So that is nice to be considered in the shoe To world. be accepted. <laughs> um, I once bought this pair of slightly heeled black booties from ASOS. And I have worn them for two years. They have not worn out. They have scuff marks on them. I guess they're black, so you can really tell how dirty they got. But they're still... Stable, I wear them every time I go out. They're like the perfect boot. And I literally got them two and a half years ago. So, um, whereas other boots that I've gotten from, say, Steve Madden or even literally YSL, like those boots have deteriorated at this point, but that one's still going strong. So, I love ASOS shoes. That's a great plugin. Um, also, I love Aritzia. I love Revolve for my dresses. That's where I always go for my dresses. And then, um, but that can get a little expensive. The only thing that I love that's not that expensive at Revolve is the jewelry. A lot of jewelry you can get there for Amazon prices, which is really nice. Also, don't sleep on Amazon. I mean, they're so good. The quality of a lot of their stuff will very much surprise you. Um, our roommate Chance just got a blazer from there. It's a red blazer, perfect for Valentine's Day, and it's actually really cute and amazing quality. Oh, I don't trust Amazon. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know. People, I, I like to read the reviews, though, because people take it so seriously. Uh-huh. And I respect, it's like Yelp. Oh, Princess Polly. We love Princess Polly. The only thing that irks me about them, though, is that I order my size from them, and then it's always two sizes too small. So definitely size up when you order from them. Yeah. That's one reason why I don't like them, I don't like their sizing. Yeah. I mean, I like the, their pieces. I think they're very trendy, but they do a lot of trend fast. And also, the sizing makes no sense. Like, I'll get the same size in two things, and one will fit and one won't. Which I do find slightly annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like in-person shopping a little bit more. Like, Nordstrom's, stores like that, like, I'll shop in-store. But, like, online shopping, it'd be overwhelming for me. I'm like, too many options. I was about to fight Princess Polly because I got a sparkly silver um, blazer and pants set. <clears throat> and I ordered them in like a size, like the same size in both of them. And I got them and the pants wouldn't be able to fit Harley, who is our dog. I mean, they were smaller than God and the blazer was too big on me. So I was like, make it make sense. Speaking of, I don't know. Um, <laughs> how to let go of diet culture in your 20s and live life intuitively. So this is a trigger warning for anyone because we are going to be talking about like eating disorders, eating Wait, ooh, my voice cracked. Mm-hmm. Wait, etc. Anyway, so I'll give a brief journey of a brief recap of my journey. Um, I definitely had body image issues growing up. I was always kind of on the thicker side, um, but in high school, I did dance, school dance, competitive dance, school cheer, competitive cheer. All at once. The question is, what didn't Zinni do in yeah. high school? And so I was working out like four times a day, minimum. And I gained a really unhealthy relationship with food where like, I think it could be a mix of like anxiety, depression, and just general like social media stuff where I, for a long time, just like didn't really eat. Like you guys heard earlier, I would buy a cake for lunch with my friend and we'd eat that. And that's all we'd eat for the entire day. Or like I would have like a Wendy's kids chicken nuggets and I did my tithing night for the entire day and then work out four times and it was like growing up I went to like predominantly white schools where I was like only one of like a handful of black people or like one of two black girls in my grade so like I already was getting ignored for like physical physical physicality wise um growing up so it wasn't until like I gained this really unhealthy relationship with food and um started working out more that I finally started getting attention from my body 
And like for me, I didn't think that I was conventionally attractive. Men didn't really find me attractive at school. I'd never had a boyfriend before. I'd never had someone like me before. So um, when I started like drastically losing weight to the point where like my hair was falling out, people kept telling me how good I looked. So it's this weird thing of like, this is definitely isn't right. Like my period stopped, my hair was falling out. Like I could see my ribs. Like I was very, very, very small. People kept complimenting me. Like when I got my prom dress, my parents saw the size, like it was always a comment, you know? Like, um, I remember like men started looking at me, girls started complimenting me. People love commenting on women's bodies specifically. Both women and men love to do that. I think normally talks about the, not the addictive nature, but like you become obsessed with people like making comments about it. It's a point where like, I don't need to wear clothes that show that I was skinny, et cetera. And so I got to college, something super traumatic happened. My freshman fall, I got skinnier. And then I noticed that I really had a problem. And so I think in trying to fix that, I went like the complete opposite way. Like I didn't work out at all. I gained really unhealthy relationship with food. Like I would binge a lot and gained like probably 30 or 40 pounds, meaning I was underweight to start with. But like, then I was at a point where I was like, okay, now I don't recognize my body. I don't fit in my clothes anymore. So it became this really weird like balance of like, I wanna be healthy, but I wanna be healthy without falling into certain patterns. And I think I didn't really understand that notion until this year. And I think two things really helped me. I think one, understand that like body trends are gonna consistently change. Like in the early 2000s, they wanted you to be stick thin with low rise pants. Now it's the BBL era, but also really skinny. And if you constantly try and change your body to fit some like social media trend, you're never going to be happy one. It's just going to be consistently changing. But two, like we are women. Our bodies are not meant to be that like flexible and et cetera. Like we have a gut, we have a uterus. Like when you get older, your body naturally changes because you are a woman and because you are preparing your body to carry a child. Like it's just biological, your hormones change, et cetera. And, like don't even start about how birth control changes your body. So it's like, so many external factors that can't be controlled about what you eat or how you eat. You can eat vegan, healthy your entire life, and you might naturally gain weight because that's how your body works. You know, like it will sustain life, your life and someone else's. So I think one, understanding that, and two, in terms of working out, like I worked out in high school because I liked it. It was dance, it was cheer. I wasn't going to the gym and doing push-ups. And then I got to college and like I couldn't do that anymore. And I want to go to the gym and do a fucking uh, bar B split, whatever. Like what? A bar, split. a bar, Bulgarian split. split. Like, oh. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go out and hang out with my friends, you know. So I started getting weight, and I was like, I don't want to go back to the gym. Like, the gym was seen as me as like a way to get back to my old self, and I didn't want that. And so for so long, I just didn't work out, and then it became like people making comments about me gaining weight, and like me knowing people have noticed, and became this unhealthy obsession with going to the gym. But now I think my mindset is that like. I have such a busy schedule. Like I wake up, I go to school for 12 hours, I study, I do whatever, and I come home. I wanna have something to do for myself. So like waking up and going to the gym and just having like an hour of like being alone and doing what I wanna do for myself and knowing that I'm investing in myself is like what makes me wanna go, not because of the way my body looks. And I think that I saw this TikTok and she was like, imagine if you put all the mental space, energy, emotions that you feel towards these men who can't give you any of that back mm-hmm. and put it into yourself and think about how much self-improvement you would have. So like, that's my shtick right now is that I'm like, I put so much mental energy and feelings into guys that don't reciprocate. Imagine I did that, put all the effort into myself and into feeling good and feeling healthy and being like mentally and physically healthy, how much of a difference that would make. So that's more so why I go and eat what I want to eat because I'm not trying to change my body for anyone. So that's kind of my mindset about like diet culture and gym culture is that like I don't want to prescribe to something because someone tells me to. I want to be healthy so I can be happy and like not have to worry about, you know, getting sick, etc. So it's more so I do it because I want to do it and I want to be healthy so, so I can look a certain way. Couldn't have said it better myself. So <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. Literally, you nailed it. Um, Sydney and I were roommates with this one girl a couple of years ago who had kind of put a very large emphasis on counting her calories. And a lot of people love to do that. I personally do not believe that is a healthy mechanism to utilize to lose weight and make yourself adapt to a societal standard. Um, however, it was really weird to hear other people's perspectives on eating and 
working out and constantly relating calories to everything that was definitely it didn't affect me in a big big way but that was just interesting like sit there and listen what do you think about calorie counting um i just gotta say you were not put on this earth to count your calories yeah, like I mean, i'm sorry it's also just so like Mortifying, i honestly. get that like scientifically like yes a calorie deficit can help you lose weight but you were not put on this earth to count how many calories are in a banana and it's like we used to have a roommate who would like and this also was something that was very triggering for me is like we would go out to dinner and I would order a pasta because I like pasta and I'm going to eat my pasta. Pasta is amazing. And this person would sit there and be like, that has 800 calories in it. Okay, now I'm eating 800 calories, period. Like, I don't know what you're <laughs> trying to tell me. Or like, they would be like, oh, that broccoli has 10, 10 calories in it. Like, yeah, oh, okay. I think that's a very unhealthy mindset to have. Obviously, like we we're saying, health is important. There's a science to health. But I'm just telling you, these random girls on TikTok are not nutritionists. Mm-mm. Go to a nutritionist because you cannot survive off a thousand calories a day. People telling you that, they're lying to you. You should not be, that's how much a toddler should eat. Yeah. You know? And I think understanding that like girls on TikTok, things might work for them and how they lose weight and they might have eaten a thousand calories a day and that's how they got that body. I'm not saying good for them because like that's not healthy, but I'm just saying you do not need to do that to get a body that you like or that makes you feel happy. You know, obviously be healthy, eat healthy, but like eating or tracking calories on an app for me just made me feel unhealthy. It was not good for me mental wise. I just we were not put on dirt to count calories. Them Greek people, the Greek ancient Greek people, mm-hmm. Aristotle. <laughs> those brethren they had the best bodies in history you think they were out there counting calories no they were out there philosophizing philosophizing doing the philosophy using their big old brains and throwing Meditating. rocks <laughs> and fighting people but like they had great bodies and they were not counting calories into like they're simply white cheetos you know like mm-hmm. i'm just telling you i have a philosophy and it's that if a tiktok video ever starts with a body shot i'm not watching I'm it i'm not watching you it. know because it's like i don't I'm not to be mean and if you're proud of your body that is fantastic but you should be proud of your body for you so that's why when someone leads a video with a shot of their washboard abs it just kind of confuses me because I'm like what's the point of this video what are you trying to say there's a subtext to everything I guess it's not preface we say it after we are not nutritionists we are not dietitians yeah we are not personal trainers we have no formal training whatsoever about this topic we're just saying that I think I can speak for Sarah when I say this. We just put happiness first. And it's like, I know that my happiness is not tied to a scale. Mine's not tied to a calorie number. It's tied to me enjoying my life and being healthy because I want to be healthy, not because I feel a need to impress girl on TikTok that says I need to eat 1,000 calories a day. I, I think the point it. of don't change your body by any mean, any means necessary to reach a societal standard. That's not even something a nutritionist like that we don't have to be nutritionists to say that. You know what I mean? That's a pretty it's pretty standard advice. Um I don't know. I, I mean I just I think a lot of people have it twisted. And I would say if you ever need inspiration or another story or just like someone who really has it together I would say rewind this episode like 10 minutes and listen to Sydney's story again because that is honestly one of the most inspirational stories I've ever heard I'm telling you it ain't perfect I got stretch marks I and also progress isn't linear so exactly I have stretch marks everywhere and like sometimes I get like uh, insecure about them then realize actually who cares it is in line on my stomach I will say however (laughs) my ex-boyfriend um I had stretch marks on my butt because I went from having no butt to this voluptuous booty. <laughs> and he was like, did someone punch you in your butt? And I was like, you have a law degree. And you think that a stretch mark is a bruise? Whatever. Did someone punch you in your butt? He got, like, mad about it. I was He's like, so you thought someone punching in the butt that made a line? I can see him asking Matt. And yeah. I kind of want to punch men, him. <laughs> men are definitely special human beings. But I think just realizing that your body has one function, it's to carry you. You know, mm-hmm. support you in your life. And I do not think that having a stretch mark or being a certain number unless it's also like not in healthy bounds whatever um just remember that that's the purpose of your body and not to look good for someone on instagram from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board this is uncanny usa he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
<clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. First time having sex, how to prepare for it, and other things. Um, I will say that the high school I went to did not prepare me at all. And sometimes it's hard to not, if you don't have like a figure in your life that can like give you honest opinions without telling you to abstain or like how to do it, whatever. Um, I would say three things. I just said three out of, I don't even know if it's actually three things. Um, I think one, do your own research. Obviously, um, sex is a very emotional thing. I will say is I think like as a culture, we've kind of like, Desensitize. Desensitize ourselves to it. And, like, obviously, we are very sexually brave people. We support women's, like, choice to do what they want to do with their bodies. But I think that I didn't prepare myself for how emotional it is. And I just wish I had known that before. Because you kind of do get attached to that person. You can get attached to that person. Um, so I think, well, one, keeping that in mind, too, to be safe. Um, there is obviously a lot of different, way, like, methods of contraception that you can use. Like, I start taking birth control. One for acne, but also for sex. Um, so I think talking to a doctor first to make sure that you're prepared and that you're safe. Cause that's number one thing is your safety. You can't ever take that back, really. Um, I think three, I really wish that I was more comfortable with my body before I did it. So I think make sure, like, one, you're giving yourself the same self-love that you want from someone else. Um, I think that, yeah, that was a big three things. But definitely look it up because I didn't even know what sex was until I was 18. So Yeah, not to say Google's never wrong, but Google's going to be more right than your other high school friend who thinks they've had sex but isn't quite sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Cindy's totally right about that. And also, when talking to adults, make sure it's an adult you can trust. Most of the time, and I mean that most of the time, it's actually not your parents. It's like a guidance counselor at school or, or an extended relative or even like... I don't even know, a friend of a friend or whatever, but talk to a trusted adult because there are a lot of traditionalist parents out there who don't necessarily want you to be having sex. And then number three, I would say contraception, huge. And number four, um, I'm going to lead you with a little personal story. So I had my first time with my long-term boyfriend in high school. We dated for about a year. And after that, I will say emotions, not too sure, but my expectations did rise for him. I expected everything else to be very adult because to me, sex was a very adult thing to do. So I expected more time, more energy. I expected him to up his game. Uh, I didn't expect him to buy me a house. It wasn't anything like that, but I did kind of expect a little bit more commitment and care and I didn't get that. Not sexually, just in general and sexually too, I guess. It didn't necessarily emotionally attach me to him because if it did, I wouldn't have broken up with him. But it just kind of made me mature a little bit with what I want in a partner. You know, I hate when your nail chips. Okay, so like my nails chipped right now, which wouldn't even know. Would you? No. No. Because it split so perfectly that I just put it back. And now it's just, are you afraid it's going to break off again? Yes. And like I have a work lunch tomorrow, so like it needs to look nice. So I'm does it hurt? Ooh, tell me about this girl in my class who, like, I don't know. She's like, you've had a nail color for a very long time. I was like, um, mind your business. <laughs> when people overstep boundaries like that, I think it's the funniest thing in the world. Like when I just meet someone and they kind of insult me, I'm like, also, only Cindy can do that. I also got them done last week. The problem is, is that I want like bright red with this shape, and I right now I have like long oval. For Valentine's Day, but I also have a work dinner, and I've been told by my ex that when I get red nails, I like the Halloween fingers. But that's your stupid ex. Like, don't listen to your ex. <laughs> my ex. You I might kill my ex. 
She was crazy for that, SZA. She's yeah. just like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I was like, okay. His new girlfriend's next. That album, I'm actually a little bit scared. Well, okay, the good thing is, is that like 2023 wrapped, like your Spotify wrapped or whatever, does it count like the time after 2022 wrap came out or does it start literally January 1st? I think it counts the time after your first rap. We about to be scared about how many times I listen to SOS. And the funny thing is, I had someone text me and they were like, they were like, you don't look like Ghost in the Machine. I don't know what it is about Phoebe Bridgers. Is that her name? Bridget? Phoebe the Bridge? Whatever. I don't know. Whatever that girl's name is. I don't like her. Like, I get the whole appeal of, like, emo girl. But, like, I don't know. I don't, her voice, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> and, like, the way that they, it's, it's a very whiny song. I'm a whiny person. I don't want to listen to a whiny song. I whine enough of my own. So I prefer the all the other songs. <laughs> I like Low and Shirt. I listen to those songs on repeat, even now. I like Low. Um, it's fun, like, dance song. However, however, if we're going to be honest, it's snooze for me. It's snooze. It's open arms. Snooze it's is good. special. It's all the depressing songs, basically. <laughs> so when that rap comes out, I mean, everyone hush, because it's going to be an embarrassing top ten. It's going to be the entire album. <laughs> you best believe. Um, okay, next question. Gaining confidence to go on casual dates. Oh, I love this question. We never get questions like this. It's always like how to, I don't know. Like I don't even know where I was going with like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's still my, probably my favorite advice question we've ever gotten. Yeah. Because <laughs> girl, y'all. I feel you. Yeah. I used to look at some people, I'd be like, dang. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. I will say this. I think we said it before in the last episode and probably actually every episode before that. <laughs> um, I was talking about this at dinner today. I think... It's hard because I think for so long, my mindset was that if I have a good date with someone, that person has to be the person. Like, I was so obsessed with finding, like, the one. They're like, I want this guy to be my boyfriend. It's like, I would go on a date with someone, and date would be good because I'm good at dating. And I'd be like, oh my god, they're the one. Like, this date went so well. But, like, no, it's not. It went well because I put effort into it. But I think realizing that, like, not every single person you go out with is going to be the one. There can just be a part of the journey or have fun you know like they don't have to be a serious partner they can just be someone you go out with casually and it's fun i think understanding that and keeping that in your mind made casual dating so much easier sorry it wasn't so much pressure to make that person some grandiose big figure in my life they didn't need to be like my next husband so I could true. just go out to go out and enjoy myself and have fun especially like after being in a long-term relationship it's so nice to just like go out and not have that pressure so i think just keep that in mind but i think also if the date goes bad, so what? Like, the worst, hopefully, the worst case, you get a, a funny story out of it. But just knowing that the confidence coming from you. Like, knowing that no matter what, if it goes well, if it goes bad, whatever. It's not a reflection of who you are. You're just not compatible with that person. Mm-hmm. So I think just knowing that the stakes are very low. They're so low. And, like, worst case, you can just leave. Like, I've had some awful dates. I've been catfished. But I just left. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Because I knew the stakes were so low. And, like, you never know. They could be the next person but i think just keeping your mind open and realizing that like it can just be a date sydney and i's whole dialogue last year just consisted of awful dates we went on and i think it's just it's it's a way to bond with your girlfriends it made me realize that like this is all so unserious yeah there's no way these are the men we're fighting over there's no way and like the worst part is is that like i would go on like an awful date awful date and I'm like, oh, wow, that was actually tragic. And then it would get worse because I was like, some girl was like fighting for him probably right now. Or was like crying over him. Ain't no way. These are the men that we are like, you know, fighting over. Absolutely. Like the someone's, someone's crying over my ex right now. Ew. It's not me. That's crazy to think about though. Like, it's not me this time. <laughs> it's not me this time. Also, I think a lot of confidence issues come from the mental question, will he like me? Will they like me? What if I fuck up? What if I mess up? And I think, like Sydney said, you just have to redirect that energy towards you and focus on, am I going to like him? Do I like him? That thing he said, that just annoyed me. Maybe it's my turn to like not want to further engage with this person, you know? Putting yourself in the position of a prize is really helpful confidence-wise. You walk in with like a brighter smile and a more confident aura when you're thinking about how this isn't all how the other person feels. It's about how I feel solely almost um I once went on a date with this guy and he was older this is what's scary this guy was older 
And he was a little bit established. Like, he was a member of Soho House, which if you don't know, that's, like, a like very exclusive club in New York, a social club. And he, like, had a great job, and he had a great personality, and he seemed really sweet, and he was very attractive. And we went on a couple dates, but then on, like, the third or fourth date, he's from Israel, and I asked him a question. I go, what's your favorite wine bar in Israel, like, where you're from? And he thought it was the stupidest question ever. He's like, that's like me asking you your favorite wine bar in America. And I said, okay, I'd have an answer. Like, I mean, I've never been to Israel, so I feel like it's a fair question to ask. And he made the biggest deal about it, went on for 20 minutes, made me feel so stupid. And he was kidding, I feel like, only 70% of the time. So I left the date early, never talked to him again, you know? And that was my prerogative. He pissed me off. I wasn't sitting there worried about, he thinks I'm stupid, oh my god, I have to kind of recoup. Uh, Like, he pissed me off, made me feel like an idiot. If he made me feel like an idiot on the third or fourth date, think about how he made me feel when we're dating. Like, hell no. A few years ago, when me and my ex were on a break, I went on a date with this guy, I met on Bumble. And remember, like, I was waiting for him. And I was like, this man is so late. I'm about to leave. And he was like, Sydney? And I was like, who are you? And he simply was not the guy in the picture. And I gave him, like, a look. And I was like, are you, like, whatever, Justin? And he was like, oh, yeah, I got that. Like, it's my cousin, actually. It's like a funny joke between us. Notice you're the only one laughing. I don't know who you are. And if you're going to start this off with you lying to me, it's a no. Also, it's a safety issue, too. Yeah. And if he doesn't have the cognizance to realize that, he's not good enough to be dating you and I was like I'm here well I'll give it I'll give it one more chance we're talking he's so condescending like asking my opinions on things and being like oh you're just a little girl blah 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 yeah to the point, remember I called you and I was like Sarah fake sick right now and you were like oh my god I'm literally throwing up on the streets and I'm literally gonna fall in my vomit and I was like oh my gosh I have to go and actually ran home and Broadway then, worthy performance thank you and then I was like why am I giving these men that are not up to my standards a, a second a chance so I matched with a model on Hinge. Ew. And I thought it was a catfish at first because he was a model. And this is, like, someone I've seen on, like, Lululemon, on Nike. Like, when I showed my guy friends, they knew who he was. I was like, okay, I'm going to give him a chance. I get to the bar. This man is on 10. Like, he shows up drunk. And I was like, all right. And, like, we're having good conversation, kind of. But one, he kept, like touching my face and being like I just love your face and I'm like so okay weird. that might be cute for a girl that's weird like if you like it that much you don't know that's weird and I, like, I'm not necessarily like conventionally like if I was kind of like, conventionally pretty but okay I get it like I'm a model whatever but like I'm not so that was kind of weird and then he kept talking about how he's a model and how like everyone tries to be but like it's hard to actually make it and I was like ill okay so get back to his place he puts on his own music like his own SoundCloud and it's like singing to his own music and like dancing to it. That's so crazy. I've never received the ick so hard. So like when my friends are asked about the date and they're like, are you gonna see him again? And I'm like, no. I mean, this man's like blowing up my phone. And I'm like, I don't wanna see him. And they're like, he's a model. He could literally be Chris Evans. But he don't couldn't. say all that. Don't but say he, all well, that. He couldn't be. <laughs> but like the personality was just so bad that I was like, this man could literally be an 11 out of 10. He was an 11 out of 10. Like this man was the most beautiful man I've ever seen. I've seen pictures. He was very like, attractive. Stunning. Yeah. And I wished so hard that he could have made it work. But like sometimes I just realize that like it's not even about necessarily like purely personality or purely like physical attraction. Like some people are just not it. Like you no. just don't mesh well. And it's so it sucks because I was like we were texting and like it was just going so well. And then the date actually happened and I was like, oh wow, that couldn't have gone any worse. <laughs> like I actually have received the ick so hard. I have a lot of stories like that, and I feel like a lot of older men have this complex. So actually, my boyfriend is three years older than me, right? And I, one thing that I really, really like about him is that I've never gotten the impression that, like, I've never felt younger than him, if that makes sense. He's never ogled about, like, oh, man, you're so mature for your age, or, you know, um, it's never been like that. Like, we've never had that complex, which I really enjoy, but I cannot tell you the amount of first dates that I've been on where I've been sitting there just like if you like older men you know exactly what I'm talking about just baby the whole time they're looking for their little princess and I'm way too independent for that I think it's so weird when older men want to date younger girls and that's as someone who dates older men we both like, date older men yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is the Hate first him. time to love them I've like genuinely liked someone my own age which has been weird um, but it just, I think it's like a power thing that the guys like, and they like being able to guide the woman, which I think is just so creepy. Yeah. I mean, obviously if that's your person, that's your person. And I honestly don't like dating guys my own age for maturity reasons, 
But yeah, I don't know. It's giving celibacy era. <laughs> no, I'm being dead. Like I'm, I'm being dead ass. I was trying to say, say dead ass without saying dead ass. Take it out. Okay. <laughs> I'm being serious. Like I have never. Wait, I was laughing. Say I'm being serious. <laughs> I'm being serious. I have never had less interest in dating in my whole life. Like I don't want to be with anyone. I mean, I do, but I don't want to date. Like I know who I like. It's not gonna work out. I'm okay with that. No, I'm not. I kind of am. But, like, I have no interest in, like, joining Bumble and, like, going on a bunch of dates and, like, getting out of my system. Like, I just don't. I feel like – I'm not trying to say I'm too old because I'm literally 22. Am I 22? Yes. Yes. Because um, I'm 22. But I feel like I have such bad dating fatigue. Like, I'm tired of having my time wasted. I'm tired of wasting my time. And I'm tired of going out with guys and giving men my energy and thoughts and emotion and – care that do not deserve it so you know what i'm not gonna give it to them i'm gonna give it to myself that's there's so something to be said to that because when you take a break for yourself you're bound to go into dating again more with more confidence and like with that zest that if you just kept pushing yourself to do something you know you're not ready to do monet on tiktok made this statement and it really stuck with me i don't believe it for myself but we're getting there okay is that she had never had what she's gorgeous stunning beautiful like love her videos and she was like, I've never had a boyfriend before. And, like, I couldn't believe it. Because I was like, girl, you look like that. And you in New York. Like, how do you not have a boyfriend? She's literally a model. And she was like, I'm whole. Like, I don't need anyone. She's like, I have my best friends. I have my family. I have a career. I got money. I got happiness. Like, I'm good. She was like, any man that comes into my life, comes into my circle, comes to get to know me, like, intimately, personally, needs to be an addition to my life. Like, I'm already whole. If you're subtracting, dividing, taking the square root of <laughs> my time you do not need to be in the picture mm-hmm. and i think that's like same thing as Lori Harvey being like yeah i'm the prize like if he doesn't realize that like i don't want to be with him that's the mindset i'm doing going forward is like if this person is detracting from what i have to offer or how i'm feeling about myself then why do i want to be with him because why for what to waste my time Ew. the biggest struggle that i have in relationships is that when, like, the second that I start to get sad or self-conscious, I want to self-sabotage and end everything because I feel that my life, I love my life. Right now I feel like I'm in such a content place with, like, my family and my friends and my job and, like, my social life, whatever, that I feel like when something's causing me sadness, I just kind of want to eliminate it, you know, because I am so content, so I totally get that. I think part of it's, like, a self-confidence thing. Like, I was in an abusive relationship for four years. That detracts from yourself like worth self-esteem etc yeah and i think the problem is that i was hoping i was just like gonna wake up one day and like realize my worth and it's not it's like it's something that takes work and i think it's hard when like i felt like i had gotten somewhat to that place and then i had met someone who i thought like reflected where i was in my life and they didn't see me for what i thought i was and i think it's taken time to realize that like just because that person doesn't recognize my value doesn't mean i don't have value and i think that's been a working thought process for me but um I'm just trying to keep that at the front of my mind and when I find someone who does recognize my value and is going to put the work in and realize that I am worth the work to be put into (laughs) um then I'll know that's the right person for more on that check out our episode from rejection to redirection that we posted on February 1st because we really dive into what it feels like to be heartbroken and in those kind of toxic situations and pull ourselves out of it yeah um, someone's going to tell us about the influencer event with the consensual massage. That is not a question that's we not, got. Yeah. I'll say that's not really an advice question, but, um, I will say, so it was like an event for, um, a company that makes, um. Sexual wellness toys? Yes. Sexual wellness. Device. Devices. Experiences. Um, <laughs> it was like a, it was like a female empowerment event. And wait, I t- it was, yeah. and we showed up 30 minutes before it ended. <laughs> um, but yeah, we like got blindfolded when you walk in, and they gave you like massages and like just like things that like awaken your senses. Like they like put feathers on your hands, stuff like that. However, I will say the best part of the event for me was the mini grilled cheeses. Yo, they had grilled cheeses the size of like like a like an Oreo, <laughs> and then it came to shot glass with tomato juice. That was crazy. It was, was so crazy. no. Cindy and I sat at the bar and just ate those for like 30 minutes. No, but that's all we did. And we just ordered that, and then we had a bunch of cake pops. Mm-hmm. We went in the photo booth machine for five minutes. But I think it was a cool event that wasn't censored around, like, just drinking or, like, just, like, an um, 
a product. It was like a full body experience. And I felt very comfortable there. Because they were very much like, we're about to do this. Like, are you Consent okay with was that? the major and, like, thing. It was nothing crazy. Like, we literally just got a massage. Yeah. And, like, fully clothed. Like, we were, like, in the middle of, like, a event space. Like, um, That's the thing I loved most about it was that it was all very consensual. So you walk in, and the first thing they ask is, do you consent to being blindfolded? So we got blindfolded. And then they would take us over to these massage chairs, give a little shoulder massage. So it was all very above board. Um, they let us touch the products, which was really cool. And then there were people there to read our auras, which was insane because I'm very into the whole, like, um, what's that called? Not supernatural, is that what? I don't know. But Shall I'm very into spirituality and stuff like that. So that was really cool. There was a chocolate fountain. Uh, we met a lot of our friends there. So it was it was a really, really fun event. And it was super awkward because I need you guys to read between the lines here. Um, the product that, they, that the launch party was for, it was... Um, uh, it was a device, um, technology, if you will. Yes. And something that you have to charge. Yes. And once you were blindfolded, um, they like, part of it was feeling the device just to like understand what it feels like without looking at it. Um, With your I don't, hands, nothing yeah. crazy. <laughs> the glue, just like you just put it in your hand. And I don't know what I did, but I accidentally turned the technology on. <laughs> and mind you, I'm blindfolded, and like someone's holding my arm to like guide me around the room. And, like, I also I can't give her a look because it's in my hand. So it's just, like, bzzz, <laughs> and, like, flopping around on my hand. So then Did I... Did you like, turn up the intensity? I don't know. No, I just hold... It was, like, flat on my hand. So then I put it on the table, and all you hear is... <laughs> and, like, no one's doing anything. And, like, I can't look at her. So I'm just, like, uh. So finally, after, like, 20 seconds of it just, like, and flopping around, I was, like, I'm actually so sorry. This is actually really embarrassing and uncomfortable. But, like, I think I turned it on, and I can't turn it off. And she's, like, okay. But I'm, like, obviously she heard it. It was like in the corner, but it was really awkward. And if it was to happen to anyone, it would happen to me. And yeah, I hope that answers your question. Um, do we have anything else? Um, I don't know. Let's check. let me look. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm what in was that college. demon laugh? It's called I Need to Go to Bed. <laughs> I'm in college, and my friend group just dropped me. What do I do? Plus, one of them is my roommates. So we actually had a very similar situation. Situation, if you will. Um, where uh, we had a lot of girls in one apartment. And uh, there was a divide. And the great we divide. all had a lease together. To the point where like, we did not want to be in the same room as each other. Um, and well, we couldn't. We physically cannot be in the same room without screaming. Yeah. Or just being so awkward. And like, uh, my home is my temple. I need it to be peaceful and quiet and clean, usually. So um, we actually paid two rents to get out of the situation. And like, luckily, we were financially able to do so. Um, but it was needed for like mental health reasons. But I think we talked about this before. And I, I don't remember the name of the episode, but it was about friendships. But I think just remembering, and actually it might have been last episode or this episode, that... It might have um, still been the From Rejection to Redirection episode. Yeah. I think it is probably is that episode. Okay. <laughs> Listen to that episode, everyone. Um, <laughs> is that some friendships are not meant to last, especially like during college. You outgrow so many people. What you need out of a friendship or what they may need might be different. Just know that it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. And as you grow older, that circle you need, the people you need to survive um people are going to be there for you in like your darkest of times your happiest of times etc will come to you it doesn't need to be your college bestie your roomie whatever um so i think just keep that in mind that things will work out and that everything happens for a reason yeah so i was in the great divide i participated in that whole in case that wasn't clear from what sydney said and i took that whole friendship divide way harder than sydney did i think because she was very much in the mindset of it is about quality over quantity I finally have my peace whatever and I was there too but for me it, I kind of had this complex I think where with friends I'm like we spent in our case at least it was like three years of being like sisters to me because I don't have any siblings so I think it was this whole like kind of dependency complex that I had with these girls so that breakup was really hard and I think the way I got through it first of all was Sydney obviously I mean just repeating the mantra that it is truly about the quality of the friends that you have in your life and like how generous and caring and like funny and like the good time you can have with them focusing all of your energy on that rather than dwelling on what you won't even miss because what you had and the way it ended just proved that it was toxic um it is so much better to have two close friends or three close friends or even four close friends than 15 toxic bitchy 
women. And I think that that's just something I had to learn also specifically in college because it's the first time you're out on your own and you're trying to develop independence in your own sense of self. And then when you think you finally found your family who's not your family and then something like that happens, it is hard. So I think just like be kind to yourself. You're allowed to feel sad, but also at the same time, you do have to eventually get to a point where you have to appreciate the things in your life and say goodbye to the old ones. When you think about them, to quote, eat, pray, and love, send light and love and then move on. I think that is all the time we have for today. Thank you guys so much for giving us your questions. We love this community we have, like we say every episode. Um, If we didn't get to your question, shoot us a DM and we can, you know, respond separately there because Sydney is always active on Instagram. She loves talking to you guys. And we love you. Have a great day. And I hope this episode was helpful. Bye. Au revoir. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.